Welcome to church. I'm so glad you could join us today. I'm Dahlia, a youth leader and a young adult leader here at Calvary. If this is your first time joining us, we'd love to get to know you and answer any questions you might have. Simply text hello to 587-323-1199 or message us on Facebook and Instagram and we'll reply right back. Thanks for joining us today and we hope you enjoy the service. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Ephesians 10, 6 to 18. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, and with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Have your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of evil ones, and put on the helmet of salvation, Take up the sword of the Spirit, with it, which, with, which is the Word of God. And pray in the spiritual, um, on all occasions, in all kinds of prayers and requests. With that in mind, be alert and do not stop praying for the Lord's people. Yeah, I think that's all I know. Uh, good morning, I'm Pastor Bev Sessink part of Calvary Community Church. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, those of you online and those of you who come in person, uh, we do appreciate you connecting with us here. And uh, as we begin this morning, a special th uh, welcome to anyone who's new to us, a newcomer. We want to say welcome and we hope that we can connect with you, whether in person, by text, email, or whatever, in today or the coming days. And as we prepare for this morning's message, I would ask that you would be considering what God would be saying to you personally and how you would apply this presentation into your life as we speak about the belts of truth. We're continuing on in our series, Unseen Things, based on the Bible, the New Testament, and in particular, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 uh, to 17. And I'm going to read that for us, and you're welcome to join with me. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on God, all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And so this morning, 
We're going to have the opportunity to focus on the second part of our spiritual uh, warfare series. Uh, last Sunday, if you weren't here or haven't seen it perhaps yet online, I would encourage you to do so. That's from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 13. An excellent message that helped set the stage for this series about spiritual warfare that all Christians are engaged in to varying degrees. So now we're going to go on to Ephesians chapter 6 and specifically verse 14 on the belt of truth, which is a key part of our armor for the battle that we all face. Now, if you're wearing a belt today, please raise your hand, even those you of you online. Now, for some, the belt is an accessory. It's nice to have it, but you don't need it. But there are those of us who have a belt on, and if we didn't have it, it would be a different story. And then, of course, there are others who have belts, and they're used for their profession, such as carpenters, electricians, and, and others who need that to perform the work that they do. Now, when we think of spiritual warfare, I would suspect that many of us are thinking, well, we're thinking of the shield, and we're thinking of the sword. But in fact, the belt is very crucial in our spiritual battle. In fact, it is the very first piece of armor that is mentioned in the scriptures because without it, a Roman soldier and us today would not be able to be in the battle that God has called us to. So we're going to look at this specific piece of armor available to everyone who calls them a follower of Jesus, this belt of truth. Now, this very first piece of armor God has given us so that we may fight the battle that is before us, the battle that Satan engages us in because he seeks to twist and to turn things that are truth and turn them then into lies. And as we begin looking at the spiritual armor, I want us to take a look at a picture of two Roman soldiers. The apostle Paul was very much aware of Roman soldiers because they were everywhere in the Roman Empire where he was. And so he used them as an example for us to illustrate the importance of putting on spiritual armor. Now you will see from this picture these two soldiers and you will notice the belt, maybe not as clearly in that picture, but you will see one. And this belt was very important for them. This belt was approximately six inches or 15 centimeters in thickness, perhaps similar to what a weightlifter's belt would be. And it was made of leather, it had a buckle, and then it also had a sheath with a dagger with it as well. And th this was a critical piece of the armor of every Roman soldier. Now, also in addition to that piece, that belt, was also attached a breastplate. And the breastplate was actually connected to the belt. They couldn't be separated. They needed to be together. And then as I said, the sword was also a part of that. Yes, it is so important to realize that that belt was put first on the list of spiritual armor for a very important reason. And we'll understand that more as we go on. Now, every Roman soldier with a belt that he had put things into place because if you've seen pictures of Roman soldiers, they normally would have a fairly baggy tunic. And you can imagine if they would try to fight with, with that kind of thing, it would be very difficult. So they actually had to roll up and put their tunic, their tunic in, uh, cinched by the belt so that they had the freedom to be able to fight because that's what they were for. 
In fact, still in the Middle East, many men wear robes, and to be able to do manual work, they do the same thing. They would actually roll up that tunic and then have it cinched by the belt so that they would be able to perform their job. In the Bible, you may have heard the term, gird up your loins. And that's what it's actually talking about, picking up that tunic and putting it safely in place so that it's not an impediment uh, to the soldier. Now the soldiers, having the belt plate on, having the belt on would be absolutely crucial because without a belt, it would mean that the tunic would be down. It would actually mean they would, have, they would not be able to grab their sword. So the belt was crucial for a Roman soldier. Now beyond that, the belt also had another important aspect, and that the, the belt was actually a status symbol. Roman soldiers would not just wear the belt while in battle or on duty, they would actually wear the belt when they weren't on duty. It was considered a status symbol that they could wear as long as they were in the military. And if they were at some point to be kicked out of the military, they would have to give up that belt. And it has been found in history that when people, soldiers, became followers of Jesus, many of them made the decision to take off the belt because the Roman army was an oppressive army. It was an army that controlled the people. And so when soldiers became followers of Jesus, many of them made the decision to take off the belt, to throw it away, to say, that is no longer the kingdom that I'm a part of because Roman soldiers would have to pledge allegiance to Caesar, to the Roman Empire, and by taking off the belt, they were saying that my allegiance is no longer here on this kingdom on earth. My allegiance is now with Jesus Christ, my King. Here is also an additional picture of a belt that the Romans would use. It's a recreation, but you can see it's actually very attractive. It would be obvious that a soldier would want to wear that not only in battle, but publicly as well to affirm his commitment uh, to the kingdom. Now more could be said about the, about the belt, and actually it was really exciting to do a lot of research, but we want to move on from there. But if you want to know more, just uh, Google uh, the Roman armor, a Roman belt, or whatever it might be, and there's exciting things, uh, very interesting things I'd love to mention, but I'll leave that for now. So based on what we've briefly learned about the belt of a Roman sol soldier, why does the Apostle Paul equate the belt with truth? when he tells it to put, a, to put on the belt of truth. And how is that belt helpful for us as Christians as we find ourselves in a spiritual battle? Well, let us consider how the belt makes a difference in our spiritual life. The belt, as I've said, is the first and vital piece of armor, not only for the soldier, but for us as well, so that we can stand strong in the spiritual battle that we face. In the Bible, Jesus says that he is the truth. In John 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Without personally knowing Jesus, without personally coming to faith in him, we cannot know truth. Because all truth is found in him, comes from him, and through him. And when we know him, all things change. In John chapter 8, verse 32, Jesus also said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I remember the day that I came to faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, before that, I was in a situation where I needed to know 
what was the best thing to do in my life. I wasn't a follower of Jesus, and I wasn't living a godly life, but at that point, I had come to a point of, of desperation. And so, I was audacious, and I said, God, if you're there, give me an answer to this question at this time. And to my shock, God answered very specifically and told me what I needed to do. Actually, the answer I got, I didn't really want to get. But nonetheless, he used it to draw me to himself when I recognized that he cared deeply for me and for my life. And so when we put on the belt of truth, it foremost, above all, means that we're prepared to make a commitment of our life to Jesus Christ. That we are willing to enter into a personal relationship with him. And once we do that, we realize how important this belt is. And when we put on the belt, it spiritually keeps our breastplate in place. As I mentioned with a Roman soldier, the belt and the breastplate were connected. You can't have one without the other. Because if you did, the breastplate in battle would bounce around. And so the belt was very important to keep that in place. And the same for us. We cannot afford to have a belt of truth that is broken or weak because truth is like a belt. It is effective when it is completely surrounding you, when it is covering your sides, your front, and your back as well. So how do we do this? How do we put on this belt? The Apostle Paul says several times in the book of Ephesians that we must put on the armor of God. So how do we do that? How do we put on that first piece of armor, that belt of truth? How do we know to live by this truth that God has given us? Well, we have to understand when we put on the belt of truth that first of all, the belt of truth is not our belt, it is God's belt. In Isaiah 11 verse 15, he says, that is God, that he will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. So we need to recognize and understand that the belt is first and foremost God's belt given to us. And we are to take that belt, that truth, and to put it on, to put on the Word of God, the Bible. We are told in Psalm 119, verse 160, that God's Word is truth. Jesus says the same thing in John 17, verse 17, saying, your Word is truth. And similarly, in 2 Timothy 2, verse 15, the Christians were told to handle the Bible as the word of truth. Here's what it boils down to. If we want to put on the first piece of spiritual armor, we need to surround ourselves, we need to dive in, we need to dig into the Bible. That's why, as committed followers of Jesus Christ, they spend time regularly in the Bible, delving into it, trying to understand it, because the Bible is a wonderful resource. It's a gift from God that encourages us, that comforts us, that challenges us, and even sometimes chastises us when needed. For myself, my daily Bible time is a very significant part of my life. It's really the highlight of my morning to spend time and say, God, what are you saying to me today? What would you have me to do? What would you want me to know? Proverbs 6, verses 21 to 23, King Solomon, who is the wisest man who ever lived, said that a life well lived comes from taking the truths of the Bible and binding them to our heart, 
around our necks, tying them, and thinking about the Word of God when we walk, oh, when we sleep. In other words, allowing His Word to envelop us. So the Apostle Paul here is telling us to put on the Bible and to literally allow it to envelop us by reading it, by studying it, by memorizing it. And that's why in the new year, we're going to be inviting each and every one of you to be part of our new sermon and small group series, What on Earth Am I Here For?, where we together can discover what God's purposes are for our lives. So putting on the belt of truth is, so to speak, putting on the Bible, getting close by, understanding what it teaches, and then applying it to our lives. Reminds me of a number of years ago, I was invited to visit a family with regards to a particular issue. And as we sat down and talked, I said, oh, just pull out one of your Bibles so that we can take a look at what the Bible says. And the look on their face was almost like horror. Bible, where are they? And so the family was scurrying around, and I thought it was sort of funny at the time, but it revealed to me that God's word was not central to their lives. Eventually we did find a Bible, and eventually we, we talked through the, the matter, but it revealed to me that what was, not, what was central was not God's teaching in their lives. And unfortunately, it had implications for them as well. Now, do you remember when Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days? I think many of us do. Now, what did Jesus use to defend himself? There were three temptations, and there were three responses. And that Jesus used the book of Deuteronomy. But how could Jesus do that? Well, it was because he had read the word of God, he memorized the word of God, and he applied the word of God to his life. Now, when Satan was, was talking with him, he said to him, I, you can turn this bread into stone, or I should say the stone into bread, because Jesus was hungry. And then he said, Jesus, why don't you throw yourself off the top of the temple, because God will rescue you. And then he also said, if you will bow down to me, I will give you my kingdom and you can rule. What did Jesus say? Hmm, that's, that seems like a really good offer. Do you think that's God's will? Hmm, maybe I need to pray about it. No, no, of course not. Jesus didn't say that. But he used the Bible, the Word of God, to speak to Satan and to say, no, this is not God's purposes. So you see how our Lord Jesus used his Word, the Word of God, to speak truth into that situation. So putting on the belt of truth is putting on the Word of God, literally wrapping it around us, cinching tight and tying those things down. And perhaps that's the reason many Christians, perhaps even some of, some of us, are ineffective in our Christian life and spiritual warfare because we are not committed, we are not committing ourselves daily to this time of, so to speak, eating the bread of God that He gives to us to nurture our souls which the Holy Spirit then takes to prepare us for battle. Now, as we put on the belt of truth that's found as in the Word of God, it answers many of the questions and the problems we have. Do you want to know how to relate to God? Read your Bible. You want to improve your marriage? Go to the Bible. If you want to be a better parent, go to the Bible. If you want to know how to get along with others, go to the Bible. Do you want to know what will happen to you when you die? 
Do you want to know how to get to heaven? Go to the Bible. Now, this is not to say that other resources aren't good. They often are. But if they are not grounded in the Word of God, if they're in opposition to the Bible, they can actually be harmful and even lead us astray. How many of you have heard of the Apostles' Creed before? It's an ancient recitation of the key texts, the key teachings of the Bible. And as we take a look at this video, I hope it will be an inspiration for you as well to put on this belt of truth. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified dead and buried. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Yes, I find that so powerful, having been raised up in a tradition where the Apostles' Creed was uh, regularly pronounced. It, uh, there were a number of times I choked up. I, Mandy said, you just keep on watching it over and over. Because it just reminds me of these wonderful truths that can change our life if we apply them to ourselves. Also to mention, you may have noticed it, said the Holy Catholic Church. That refers to the universal church, all those who are true followers of Jesus Christ. So the question is, do you accept the Bible as the word of God, as the only source of authority on all matters in which it speaks to, or do we not? Do we accept that God says his truth is his truth for our lives, do we, or do we trust in something or someone else? We're told to put on the spiritual belt of truth, and where else can we go but find it in the Bible? I would now ask my wife, Mandy, to come and share some thoughts of how we can apply God's truth into our lives. In the Garden of Eden, Eve was presented with God's words, but Satan did that with a twist, with a lie. The twist was, God does not want you to eat this fruit because you will be like God, knowing good from evil. The twist was, you can't really fully trust him, you know. He just doesn't want you to know what he knows. Lies often sound so logical and so believable. Our choice to believe a lie and 
toss off the belt of truth follows a sequence. It starts by us doubting God and considering the lie and then believing the lie and acting on the lie. Eve saw the fruit and saw that it was pleasing to the eye and she ate it. The enemy will continually whisper in your ear, does God really mean what he says? As the word of God says, however, he desires truth in our innermost parts. He is the way, the truth and the life and the truth sets us free. He desires that we worship him in spirit and in truth. I believe the truth that God desires for us is to be authentic about our relationship with him and with others and about what is happening inside of us. Being honest and humble and willing to change through the power of the Holy Spirit. And remembering there's not such a thing as my truth. Everything has to come back to God's truth. As Christians, that's what we believe. I would like you to consider your own belt of truth today and not someone else's. What shape is your belt in? So let's look at some common lies we embrace and get caught up in. One of those lies is exaggeration. I'm the only one who understands what needs to be done. I'm the only one working around here. Nobody, and I mean nobody, really cares. Remember Elijah, who was on the run and he was discouraged because he thought he was the only one listening to God. And God said to him, Elijah, I have 7,000 other people who are faithful to me as well. The lie of exaggeration opens a door to self-pity and pride, fear and discouragement. Another one of these lies is minimizing. And today I'm speaking very much to myself as well. I only spent a little bit of money. I don't really get that angry. I really didn't mean it. I only took one look. Everyone does it, so it must be okay. Everyone thinks that way, so it must be true. Minimizing is often a way to hold on to bad behaviors. This is very similar to King Saul, who when questioned by the prophet Samuel as to why he had not destroyed all the um, enemies' spoils from the Amalekites, as God had instructed, he replied, um, I've only spared the best sheep and cattle to sacrifice to the Lord. You see, that was his truth. But Samuel wanted him to follow God's truth. By minimizing what things are you keeping and holding on to that God wants you to deal with in your life. Saul did not enter into his full potential as king. His kingdom was given to another. If you minimize issues, it will cripple you. 
preventing you from reaching your goals. Because when we minimize, we don't really take sin seriously. And we think we know better than God. Therefore, we don't take God seriously as we should. And we self-sabotage and we create confusion and pain in relationships. It is also prideful because we are saying, I can get away with this, and that is a lie. An additional lie that we often get caught in is blaming others. Blaming is the discharging of comfort and pain in an unhealthy way. If we can just blame someone, even ourselves, we still have a sense of control. Blaming is an attempt to make others around us carry the burden of our pain and the consequences of our decisions. When we blame, we avoid taking responsibility and being held accountable, and we lose out. Why do we lose out? Because blame keeps the door closed to change and closed to empathy and compassion for others and their circumstances because we're too busy judging them. So we get stuck in a deep pit of our own making. Instead of asking God for mercy, Adam blamed Eve and God, saying, the wife you gave me, God, made me do this. Blaming leads to judging others, a critical spirit and a bitter heart that defiles and ensnares us. Be very careful. Blame is the lie that others are responsible for your choices that will actually keep you stuck in those bad choices. Another lie is dissociation. Living in another reality as a means to cope with life is a lie. Some of us get lost in endless movies, romance novels, constant video games, and so on. Some of this might not be wrong in and of itself, but used as an escape from your present reality will prevent you from feeling and processing your emotions. Even if these emotions might be painful, that numbing will prevent you from feeling joy as well. It also blocks out the Holy Spirit's counsel and help in your life in these areas of escaping. It reminds me of Nabal. Nabal refused to pay David for protecting his men and his flocks of sheep. And um, his wife actually went out that night after David asked for payment and went to David to beg for mercy because David was getting ready to come and attack Nabal and kill all the males, the male servants, um, the male children, and including Nabal. And while his wife was out begging for mercy, Nabal was having a huge party and getting drunk. He was using uh, drugs to disassociate the drug of alcohol. So he was in a drunken stupor. When she returned, she told 
her husband what had happened the following morning and what, how much danger he had been in. And he had a heart attack from which he died. Living in another reality will prevent you from having deep, meaningful, and authentic relationships. It can lead to unwise decisions and mental health issues like depression. These are just a few examples of common lies we can get trapped in. In my own life, I've often used a simple chart to help me and others sort out lies from truth in my life. I've actually found it very effective to help me with my thinking. Let's use this tool together on a shared challenge to examine lies versus truth. And I think a shared challenge that we all face is COVID-19. I was actually, uh, didn't want to talk about this because I was tired of talking about COVID-19, but I really felt the Lord wanted me to share this with you today. So one of the lies about COVID-19 is that everything is out of control. But the truth in God's word says God is in control. Isaiah 14, the Lord of heaven's armies has sworn this oath. It will all happen as I have planned. It will be as I have decided. When will it end? Nobody knows. God's word says, the truth is, God knows when it will end. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A lie? My ministry, my life is on hold. God is not on hold is the truth. And as his children, we are not on hold either. Ephesians 2 says, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. The lie, I'm isolated and forgotten. The truth of God's word, God has not forgotten me, I'm not isolated from him. Psalm 27, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. The lie, I feel weak and helpless, or you are weak and helpless. God is able and willing to help me is the truth. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So we have a choice to walk in truth or lies. Remember, willfully believing lies leads us into sin. And sin, as the saying goes, will always keep us longer than we want to stay and take us further than we want to go. Thank you, Mandy, for that challenge. Challenging us to put on this belt of truth and to live our lives faithfully according to the teachings of God's word, avoiding the lies that can sidetrack us or even worse on our faith journey. Now you can experience the truth of the Bible, the teachings of Jesus Christ that we have mentioned today so that you may grow strong in your faith journey with others.
Let me briefly explain. God knows each of us, every one of us by name. He knows everything about us and he wants the best for us. He wants to offer you truth that will transform your life. Truth that isn't just for today or for tomorrow, but forever. And that's why he's created us, you and I, to be in a relationship with him who is the truth. Yet, we have distanced ourselves. We have separated ourselves by God, from God by our choices, doing those things we know we ought not to do or not doing the things that we know we should do, and that's called sin. And while many people think that somehow they can make up for their sins by doing good deeds, the reality, that is not true. The Bible says that the penalty for our sins is death. And either we must pay it or someone without sin must pay it on our behalf. And that person is Jesus Christ, who has died on our behalf and was raised to life, proving that his sacrifice was acceptable to God. And if you choose to ask Jesus to do this for you, he will, and you will be given the gift of eternal life, truth that will change you forever and starts the moment you make that decision. If you wish to invite God into your life through Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life, I would suggest that you pray, that you talk to God, and maybe say something like this with me. God, I believe that you created me to be with you. I know my sins have separated me from you. I recognize that my sins cannot be removed by my good deeds. I accept that you, through the death and resurrection of Jesus, paid the price for my sin. I choose to trust in you alone for eternal life, and I invite you into my life, which starts now and lasts forever. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer today, I would encourage you to text LIFE at 587 323 1199 and we will reply to you and give you next steps on your spiritual journey in conclusion i would ask you to carefully discern and determine are there areas in your life where you are not living in truth where you've chosen to embrace a lie and perhaps are even living it out right now and if so i would encourage you to call out to god and invite him to bring his truth to transform you, to cleanse you, to heal you, so that this belt of truth would be firmly in place, which will then hold up the rest of the spiritual armor that God has given to you. If you have any questions, any comments, etc., after the service, we'd love to talk with you. And for those of you online, you can also communicate with us directly as well. It would be an opportunity to further talk about how God's word can continue to transform us, this belt of truth. Let's pray together in closing. We want to say thank you, O Lord, for the teaching you have given to us in your word, how this belt of truth is so central to our spiritual armor, and without it, nothing else will work. And so I would pray for each and every one of us online, each one of us here today, if there are areas of our lives that are outside of your truth, where we have believed a lie and are living it, that we would cry out to you to transform our lives, to take the belt of those lies, to discard it and put on the belt of truth and allowing you to do this powerful work that you want to do in and through us. We pray this in Jesus' name.
Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or are in need of any assistance, don't hesitate to contact us. You can find out more information on our website. And as always, you can join us live on Sundays at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, or at the Watch Live button on our website. We'll see you next time.